0: That's music from Moon, the old band Enigma from southeast Nebraska, Carolyn and Dave. You'll catch them around at various venues in and around your favorite haunts. I'm Scott Colborn with Jim Shorney, and you're listening to Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. As we say, accept, no, substitute. Hey, Jim, how you doing? I'm great. Uh, just, there you go. Now yeah, you got a voice. I'm better now. <laughs> So, folks, Jim has got this uh, iridescent green T-shirt on that he should actually have, like, people in front of him with warning signs saying, put your sunglasses on. put your
1: sunglasses on. It's a high-vis (laughs) T-shirt. That's that's what we call those.
0: Hey, who's this guy that just walked in over here? Why don't don't you grab that blue mic over there? This blue? Yeah, that blue. That one, yeah. Hey, what's going on? Morning, Scott. How is this like you? the time for the blues or something or what? <laughs> no, actually, I was invited today. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, you were. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was invited. <laughs> so you see, this is a good excuse to not be in that meeting right now. Exactly. I, I actually called you in here to do like an on-air thing. So This is perfect. Sure. You, you are my pal. You're my hero. <laughs> okay, I sold you the five bucks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so tell the folks about when your show is. Oh, gosh, I'm, uh, I'm Jimmy, and I'm on from 3 to 6 on Friday afternoon. Wow, what a time. It sure is fun to play with. You got all the folks here that have gone through that work week, and they finally kick on KZOM, and there's Jimmy. I get to help them start their weekend. That's right. And I take them home every Friday. That's pretty cool. Okay, and he's on every Friday, as you say. So, do you want any coffee, or are you good? No, partner, I'm going to go hit the meeting. Hit the meeting, okay. See what's up. Get my best, everybody. (laughs) You guys take care. (laughs) You too. See you later. Thanks for stopping in. See you, Jimmy. Okay, let's go to Charlene with the Capital Humane Society, and she makes all things better. Hi, Charlene, how are you?
2: I'm doing great, thank you.
0: So, tell us what's new at the Capital Humane Society.
2: Well, we have wonderful animals for adoption. Um, we do have an event tomorrow. It's going to be uh, to meet the authors of the book, The True Adventures of Me, Bodhi. And that's going to be at our Pylock Pet Adoption Center from 2 to 4. So it's a sweet book. Um, if you're interested in coming, please do visit us. It'll be nice, uh, a nice event and a good uh, opportunity for you to meet the authors.
0: Jim, it sounds like the weather should be just great. Yeah. Okay, that's tomorrow uh, at the Pylock Pet Adoption Center. uh, The true adventures of me, Bodie. And then what's this coming up here about, um, you've got something else going on here on February 13th, a fundraiser.
2: Um, It's a dine-in event. Uh, so you can visit Don and Millie's locations on February uh, February thirteenth between four and nine, and mention Capital Humane Society, and they will donate twenty percent of your ticket to help us do our work.
0: Yeah, don't mention my name because I'll probably ask you to leave. But mention the Capital <laughs> Humane Society, and they'll they'll have some good food and camaraderie for you, and uh, part of that proceeds then goes to help the Capital Humane Society. So yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to click on. I'm by the way folks, I'm at CapitalHumaneSociety.org. Okay, and up here at the top here, I'm going to click on it says adopt and I sub click on cats and kittens. And I should yep, there they are. You guys can also do the same thing at home here. Okay, so we're going to talk about cats for adoption from that adopt tab. And who do we start with today?
2: We'll start with Houdini. Oh, and he is a one-year-old neutered male, has soft, medium-length fur. He will do his fair share of hiding at first, so he's kind of poking his head out of his little cubby there. Um, but once he trusts you, he is super sweet, and we're hoping he finds a home where he can relax and purr and have a beautiful life.
1: What a pretty kitty. Yeah. Looks like maybe he's got a little bit of Maine Coon in him.
2: He does have beautiful markings.
1: Yes, he does. So let Houdini perform
0: his magic on you. His disappearing act. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think that could happen. I, I have
0: friends that sometimes, you know, they don't see their cat for a couple of days, and it's like they get worried, and then all of a sudden they find the cat hiding someplace. It's just like, hey, I just want to be away for a while, you know? Yeah,
2: me time. It's Everybody needs me time. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> okay, Houdini, what a cool name too, pictures up at Capital Humane Society. He's joined by...
2: Next up is Luna, and she's a shiny all-black cat with bright eyes, two years old, very pretty, looking for a home with people who can provide proper care. She's not a huge fan of being carried around, so she's looking for a home without kids under eight years Mm -hmm. of age. If you're cat savvy, then Luna would like to meet you.
0: Okay, Luna, and that's appropriate too for this black cat. A beautiful black cat that has that inquisitive mm. expression.
2: Uh huh.
0: You can, folks. You can only imagine when the photographer takes these pictures. He or she is very, very trained with animals, and so you can see the the little hijinks maybe they're doing behind the camera, like Luna. Look at me. Look at this thing flashing back and forth in the air. Uh huh. You want that ready? Go.
2: Yes, I think there's often a a feather involved.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) We've got Houdini, Luna, and also their friend.
2: Popcorn, who is an (laughs) 8-year-old neutered male. (laughs) And he's popping out of his little cubby there, coming up to the photographer to say hello, uh, ready to meet a nice (laughs) family, curl up on their lap and purr the days away.
1: The other thing cats do is they'll just pop out at you out of Uh nowhere.
0: yep. (laughs) Jim, what, what is that um, pe- peach color, would you say, popcorn is? Uh, it kind of looks that way. Yeah, yeah is that?
2: that is a good description. It's yeah. kind of between a buff and an orange. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting color. And popcorn, again, is really focused halfway inside, halfway outside of that enclosure, but... Popcorn is really looking at the Uh photographer. You can only imagine what that feather is doing in the air. What is that? Is it edible? Can I eat it? That's right. I'm going to go for the feather and the finger's touching it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Houdini, Luna, and Popcorn. These cats are all up for adoption. See their pictures at Capital Humane Society. Or better yet, go out and see them today and tomorrow. Here's Charlene with Hours Open.
2: We are open at our Pylock Pet Adoption Center on Saturday and Sunday from 11 to 5.30.
0: And thank you, everybody, for um, uh, your support because, I don't know, th- maybe three weeks ago, they received over 80 cats. And That's so right. a lot of these cats have been adopted and placed, and we really appreciate all that support.
2: Absolutely. It's amazing the, how, how much the community cares, and we are so grateful.
0: Okay, so we're not done, folks. The fun is just starting here because now it's time for dogs for adoption. And those of you that have been thinking about maybe a dog, you've checked with your landlord if you've got one and that got permission. Say, so listen up now. We've got some cool dogs. Charlene, who's first?
2: We'll start with Ivy. And she's an Australian Shepherd mix, very smart and active, a young dog, about one year old. um, Loves to have fun, loves to play with her toys and other dogs, so might make a fine companion for an active dog you have at home. Um, She is looking for children that are more than 12 years of age because she's still got that puppy mouthing and exuberance. Um, But she's very smart and will learn quickly with the right family showing her the way.
0: And she wants to show off how she can shake hands. Absolutely. It's very enthusiastic. So I, I clicked on her picture here because uh, through no fault of the photographer, um, Ivy doesn't look as big as she actually is. <laughs> so when you follow through and see her weight, she's 52 pounds. Right. So that's yeah. not like a little dachshund there or a little like poodle mix. This is going to be a pretty good dog. You can see that that lead that's attached to Ivy. So this dog would love to meet you and go out for walks.
2: Absolutely. She does have a lot of energy and will appreciate plenty of exercise.
0: Ivy waits for you. And her buddy is?
2: Next up is Jet. Another beautiful dog, a neutered male, a border collie mix, about a year old, really sweet, really smart, looking for a family that understands those herding breeds. They have lots of energy, (laughs) Um, are extremely intelligent. So he is looking for a home with people who will provide him with proper training and guidance. Um, He is looking for a home without cats and he must meet children. He still likes to jump up and he gives kisses sometimes. So we want to make sure he's a good match for your family.
0: I can see the conversation early in the morning with the family. Jet is meeting mom and dad in the kitchen for their cup of coffee, and Jet says, Can I go wake him up? Can I go wake him up? (laughs) It's time to go to school. (laughs) Can I get him towards the kitchen? Where do you want him in? Kitchen? Bathroom? What? What? I'll get him going. Exactly. And you can just see that boy. He is ready and willing. That picture is great. Jet is our second dog, Ivy Jet. And
2: next up is Spike. And Spike is a big boy. He's only eight months old and already 73 pounds. So we we have him as a lab shepherd mix. I think there could possibly be some Dane in there at that size. Um, He's a big, puppy. So he's a goofball. He needs training. He needs attention. He needs plenty of exercise. Um, He does need a home that is free of children, dogs, and cats. Um, But he knows the right family is out there that will provide him with the best care they can. I don't think
1: I've ever heard the word goofball used before to to
3: describe (laughs) a
0: dog. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. Why did you look at me when you said that word? (laughs) No reason. No reason. Yeah, I happen to know some people whose last name are Lewis. Jim. Yeah? I, I, in fact, I could say their names, their full names right now. But look at this dog up here. We've got Huey. Huey. <laughs> Huey Lewis and the News. Yeah. Or, or we
1: could have Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's all sorts of fun to be had with these dogs uh, oh, and yeah. cats. Ivy, Jet, and Spike are our dogs. Houdini, Luna, and Popcorn, the cats... Uh, There's other choices as well. They'd love to meet you, and you can make it happen. Here's Charlene with hours open.
2: We are open at our Pylok Pet Adoption Center today and tomorrow from 11 to 530.
0: And Charlene, if you have any friends that live outside Nebraska, keep telling them that we're 20 below and the electricity works just part of the time. (laughs) And yes, the outhouses are cold, Okay. (laughs) Keep telling them that. Don't tell them about that we're going to hit 40s and 50s today and
2: tomorrow, oh, okay? Oh, isn't wow. that nice? Uh, yeah. I, I bet the lines at the car washes are going to be long.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, Charlene, thank you for all you do, and I uh, hope you have a great event there.
2: Thank you for all you do. We appreciate it.
0: They're having an event tomorrow uh, from 2 to 4 at the Pylock Pet Adoption Center, and it's meet an author and lots of fun. So, Charlene and friends at the Capital Humane Society. Make them the first place you go when you want to adopt a dog or a cat. So what do you folks have in your cup right now, huh? We've got some Sumatra. Ooh, that's good stuff. That's fun to say. Sumatra. Sumatra. And it's from one of my favorite coffee places in town. Thank you, Melissa Colborn, for the Sumatra. Do I sound like I've had two cups? Yes, that's no. correct. Uh-huh. I've had two cups. You're pretty perky today. I am perky. Boy, I'm, I'm up and at them. This is This is good stuff. More good stuff right now with our second guest. This is the, uh, the monthly segment that we call The Seen and the Unseen. What a scene. What a scene. Yeah, think on that. That just conjures up all sorts of images. The Seen and the Unseen. The unseen is sort of like my last date that was very quickly seen and unseen.
1: I, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I got her in the car, you know, and uh, then I opened my door and sat down and she said, I've got a headache. Take me home. And I said, well, we are home.
1: Yeah. You know, it's a clue if, if they give you their phone number and you call it and the Lincoln Police Department answers. <laughs> That's
0: right. Or or somebody says, Hello, you're on the air. Hello, you're on the air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, with us now is Preston Dennett um, from Canoga Park. Is that right, Preston?
4: Reseda, but Canoga Park's next door, so
0: okay. that's all right. Close enough. Yeah, I think Reseda sounds cooler. I like that name of that. Um, are you doing <laughs> Are you doing okay out there with all the, the stuff going on in California?
4: Yeah, we're actually getting some rain, which is really unusual. It's very exciting. Yay!
0: Okay, you don't need an no. air—you con- don't need an air conditioner yet, but have you thought about one?
4: Oh, I'm getting one next year for sure. Or actually, in a few months because yeah. it gets over 100 for about three months. Yeah. I just can't take it anymore.
0: No, I don't. I don't think you should. I think we should actually. <laughs> we could start a fund. We could actually have a fun fund. You know, <laughs> uh, keep a cool. Keep a cool guy cool. A GoFundMe
1: for Preston's air conditioner. That's right.
0: (laughs) Okay, yeah. Preston, it's always great to talk to you because you seem like, I don't know how you do this, but it's like you're a magnet, and all of a sudden these people contact you with these really interesting stories. I don't think I've ever had a month with you where you haven't had something uh, very, very cool and interesting to talk about, so... Um, I hope this isn't the month, (laughs) but Uh (laughs) what what do you, what do you, what do you have for us this morning? What's been going on?
4: Well, yeah, it's busy. You know, this is a great time of my life. I'm going to have to quit my job because I don't know if I can keep doing this. It's great. It's just piling up. But yeah, lots of stuff going on. I remember, if you recall last month, we talked about this lady, Joy Williams, who saw a USO off Monterey Bay,
0: mm-hmm. and oh, you so said off. you said USO, S-O. right? USO Get unidentified
4: to... submerged object. Whoa! Submersible. So I've been doing some research on it, and I found a couple of corroborating cases, not at the same time, but at the same place. Mm. And one is really interesting. This security guard saw this object right over the smokestacks, exactly where she. And her husband saw this other object. Mm-hmm. So clearly, something is, you know, really attractive to USOs about this uh, factory. It's a briefcase, you know, not really a whole lot of details, just this bright light, but right over the smokestacks. So yeah, they seem to have some fascination with our uh, chimneys. Not sure why. Maybe they're testing pollution. That would be my guess. But another case there as well a guy down on the beach saw these objects out there in the water. So yeah, something's going on there for sure. Um, but got a lot going on. I don't know if I told you guys about this case, but, uh, I got, got contacted through my sister-in-law, Kisara, who does the artwork for my books.
0: And she's really um, she, a great artist. Wow.
4: Oh my God. I'm so lucky to have her. The covers are just so beautiful what she does. And, uh, She's like, you've got to talk to this lady. Um, she had a really interesting experience, or actually her mother did. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, put me in touch with her. Uh, and what happened was this occurred, gosh, some time ago, let's see, 1978. The mother's name is Anna, and uh, she had an accident, a fall, where she severely injured her back,
5: mm-hmm.
4: and which is you know, tragic enough. But the problem was she's trying to raise two kids and she's a single parent and has a job as a secretary and this is just not going to work because she needs to have surgery and uh this is causing huge problems in her life and so one night she's you know laying there in bed praying to her angels to come and heal her and uh i talked to the daughter the the mom didn't want to talk to me but she did kind of talk through the daughter to me and said that uh what happened is this figure came walking into her room. Meanwhile, the two sisters, their young teenagers, wake up and see this bright, bright orange light flooding into the room. And they felt instantly that this was a UFO landed in the backyard. It flooded their entire house with this bright orange light, you know, kind of very much like Close Encounters. And uh, her first thought, the daughter was, don't take me. Don't take me, please. Whatever happens, just don't take me. They were terrified. But the mom, she wakes up and sees this figure walk in. It looks like a normal human figure, except it's wearing this white, silver, all bodysuit, just completely covering it, including the face. And that's something I always find interesting because, I mean, faceless entities, there's a lot of them in the UFO literature. And this is a typical case. She couldn't even see the face. And uh, she didn't think it was an angel at this point because it was wearing this belt around its waist, which had a box-like contraption on it, covered with lights. And it looked really technological. Mm-hmm. And uh, it told her telepathically, don't be afraid. And she felt like this huge sort of sense of relief, but said, please do Don't let this be painful. (laughs) He said, just relax, don't worry, and started pressing buttons on this sort of box-like contraption, at which point this laser-like light shoots out of it and hits her in the back. And at this point, she feels this intense warmth sweep over her body, and she becomes very relaxed and falls asleep and wakes up the next morning, and lo and behold, her back is completely healed, just like that. And her daughter's like, oh, they're interplanetary healers. So, uh, yeah, this is an older case. But, you know, it's the 15th case I have people who are healed of back pain. So <laughs> I don't know what we're dealing with here, but clearly it's a case of you know, alien chiropractors and uh, healing a lot of people. And in most cases, people describe the same exact instrument. Not in this case, she just described the the sort of beam of light coming out of this box-like instrument. But most of the other cases involve this cylindrical type instrument, which is sort of a tube with a larger cylinder on the end. And the ETs walk in, they flip the person on their stomach, and take this instrument and sort of sweep it back and forth over a person's back. They do this buzzing, this sort of energy, and Boom! Just like that, healed. So I'm not sure how the mechanism works, but it takes literally seconds to heal these people.
0: Yeah, but the and the case Preston, the case that you talked about. Um, tell us again the date of that, or just approximate era. Um, that was 1978. And so like forty years she, ago, has she been uh, relatively pain free? Uh, since yeah. since then, so in other words, this this intervention, this healing quote unquote worked. Yeah, not only pain free, no other health problems.
4: That's another pattern I see. You know, people will have a healing for one condition or another, but come away extraordinarily healthy and enjoy, you know, excellent health for a very long time.
0: But folks, this is so. so so important to hear these sorts of reports because we have been indoctrinated very subtly for the last 30 years that the ets are here to abduct us to do experiments on us to create a hybrid race to do all this stuff and it makes people feel like they're powerless that somebody's acting upon them and that it's not in our best interest you know etc many many books and lectures all over the place And yet these stories of these healings, these wonderful interventions, don't get the publicity they should. So I really appreciate your voice, Preston. I think it was uh, our late friend Hunter Gray who just passed on. I think it was Hunter Gray that first told me about your work.
4: Yeah, boy, what a great guy. He's sort of the typical type of person. Who receives these healing? You know, social workers, mm-hmm. um, human rights activists, doctors, inventors, people are trying to do good work for humanity. Mm-hmm. Sort of a loose pattern, but I've definitely noticed it. Yeah, I agree. There has been a slanted sort of. I think the media focuses on fear, and you know, a lot of people who are having traumatic encounters, they seek help. And so we don't hear about a lot of these healing cases. But I just finished wrapping up. My latest book, The Healing Power of UFOs, it's got 300 cases, it's going to be coming out uh, later this month, real shortly actually. Um, So I am absolutely convinced that one of the primary ET agendas is the healing of humanity because there is not a body part out there or a disease, a condition, an illness that they haven't cured at some point or another and stretches back over 100 years and continuing to the current day i've got a case from just a few months ago up in uh, cape cod massachusetts a man was a retired police officer was cured of terrible body injury injuries he had suffered a freak accident you know, like 30 some years ago and just recently had a wave of sightings over his home uh, a visitation and boom his health took this immediate uh became much better. he was you know wheelchair bound and walking with a cane when he mm-hmm. could um uh, not anymore. He's lost like thirty pounds he says he's got his rock star hair back, mm. so a number of these cases you know have multiple cures, and they're you know well don't have any cures of baldness except mm, maybe one, which I would love if they could do that for me, <laughs> but definitely they have. Uh, they they do improve people's skin and hair and teeth and nails and just, oh, it's amazing. I can't wait for this book to come out because I think it's really going to shock people how widespread this is.
0: I'm going to be back in contact with you to get something lined up here, Preston, because I can't wait to talk to you more about this.
4: Oh, yeah. I'd love it. You know, this is the biggest book I've ever written. It's like 500-odd pages. Whoa. I'm like, ooh. It took an enormous <clears> amount of work. I'm super proud of it, because, uh, wow, I think this is going to be the book that is really my legacy.
0: Okay, tell us the title again.
4: The Healing Power of UFOs.
0: Coming out soon. This, Folks, this is Preston Dennett, and uh, I don't know how Preston does this, but type his name into your favorite search engine, and he's going to pop right up. Uh, prestondennett.weebly.com. He's also found on Facebook. Uh, what are you doing for the rest of the weekend, Preston?
4: Oh, I've got all sorts of stuff planned. I'm doing a podcast tomorrow, and I'm also going to meet Michael Schrat, um, who I'm not sure if you know, but you should. He's the sort of expert on the black budget and is our government flying these mm-hmm. objects around. I'm a really great researcher. I believe you had him on your show. But, yeah, we're going to swap some cases and hang out for a little while. So that should be a lot of fun.
0: When you talk to Michael, ask him if he rode upon the shore, hallelujah, hallelujah. (laughs) Michael rode upon the shore. (laughs) I guess you guys never sang it. That's a stretch. Well, I I don't know. So, Preston again, I'll I'll be (laughs) back in, in contact with you. Congratulations on this upcoming book. Can't wait to talk to you about it. And uh, do you have any dogs in the hunt for the Super Bowl uh, tomorrow night?
4: <laughs> um, mm, not really. I'm not a huge sports guy, but I'll probably watch it just because everyone is.
0: Um, I, I recently had my TV disconnected because I don't watch it, so there's no way I can. <laughs> but uh, we Nebraska people see we're split because we've got Ndamukong Sue, who's with the uh, um, Rams, and great defensive lineman. And then we've got Rex Burkhead, uh, who has really come on strong for the Patriots and scored their winning touchdown, I think, that got them into the Super Bowl. So, you know, we could, a lot of Nebraskans are really split, you know. We can go either way. Uh, but I'll probably just read a book and play guitar.
4: Just as long as they have no missed calls or controversy, that call, you know, cause for a redo or, or something. Wow. Um, then, boy, that was crazy what, what went on.
0: Okay, Preston, um, all the best to you. It's always great to connect with you, my friend.
4: Hey, always a pleasure. Really appreciate it.
0: Preston Dennett, D-E-N-N-E-T-T, Preston Dennett. And he's got this brand-new book about UFOs and healing coming out that runs over 500 pages. I can't wait. Okay, Jim, I'll do the the bottom-of-the-hour breaks if you want to get our our guest on here. Sounds like a plan. And we'll get our coffee cups filled and give Mm -hmm. the folks out there a listing. A chance to put more coffee and tea in their cups as well. Scott Colborn with Jim Shorney and you guys and gals out there. Stay tuned. Our main guest is coming right up, Joe McQuillan. And he's written a book called My Search for Christopher on the Other Side. We'll be right back after this. <music>
1: Voice of the Blues in Lincoln, Nebraska. KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD.
6: My name is Manny Morales. I'm 45 and I coach youth football. It's still hard to believe because the high school me was a work in progress. But big brothers,
2: big sisters give me a real role model. And the young me
5: neither a role model bad. My bigger brother's name is Ray. And Ray is the reason that this 7-year-old grows up to be a role model himself.
4: Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brothers Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers Big
0: Sisters and the Ad Council. This program is made possible in part by a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.
5: Support for KZUM comes from Lincoln Expos, hosting KZUM's Birthday Bash. Celebrating 41 years of community radio at Duffy's Tavern on Saturday, February 9th at 6 p.m with sets by Jack Hotel, Red Cities, Ivesi, The Hanging Cowboys, and others. More at kzum.org.
3: Far from the din of commercial culture and just this side of the abstract is a place I call Mesoterra. I'm Vic Valverde, your tour guide for an eclectic musical excursion on a program called Mesoterra. Saturdays, 12 noon until 1.30, right here on KZUM.
0: is Enigma you can hear him around Southeast Nebraska, Dave and Carolyn, the official music of exploring unexplained phenomena. We sure appreciate you guys and gals being here. Next week we're going to raise $1,500 in listener donations for this very radio station that is heard all over the world, kzum.org and also here in Lincoln, Nebraska, where we broadcast from at 89.3 FM as a non-profit, non-commercial, independent radio station, it's so important to support wonderful experiences like this. For 41 years, KZUM has been on the airwaves. And now with this wonderful Internet signal uh, and the local FM signal, it's literally heard all over the world. Uh, We've been doing this show, Exploring Unexplained Phenomena, for over 34 years, and it's been a wonderful relationship. So next week... We're going to ask uh, our very kind listeners all over the world to donate money. We're going to try to raise $1,500 to help KZUM keep on keeping on. Our main guest this morning is Joe McQuillan. He is the author of a book titled, My Search for Christopher on the Other Side. He's been married for 27 years, is the father of three children, one on the other side the youngest of 10 children from an Irish Catholic family and uh, at heart he is a blue collar kid even though he's had two very successful careers he sits on the board of Inbalance Ranch Academy a boarding school dedicated to helping troubled teens with addiction and helps run charities for Inbalance Ranch and penguin players a theater troupe of disabled young adults. I congratulate Joe. He's 33 years sober and a member of AA. I'm going to have to figure out from, call it 82 for me, clean and sober. And Joe's words help me to get close to God and to carry me through the dark times after my boy's crossing. Welcome to the broadcast for his first appearance, Joe McQuillan. Joe, good morning, sir. Good
6: morning, Scott. How are you this morning?
0: Uh, I'm full of caffeine, and I'm doing quite well. I'm, I'm having Can't a, a great morning, and Joe.
6: And I just came from my, uh, my home group, uh, 7.30 a.m. meeting, and so now I'm talking to you, so I'm doing just fine.
0: Joe, what part of the world do you make your home in?
6: I'm in uh, the north shore of uh, Chicago, uh, a town called Winnetka, Illinois, just on the lake. So it was 26 degrees the last couple of days, but we're we're at a balmy uh, 19 right now, above zero. So it was 26 degrees below, two days running. It's been kind of cold around here.
0: Wow. So um, one thing about that, I guess, is that you haven't seen a mosquito in weeks, have you?
6: No, no, I haven't had any problems with mosquitoes, that's a fact, you know. <laughs> or or any other kind of creature except an occasional squirrel heading to a tree.
0: Joe, did you uh did you grow up in the Chicago area? Where did you where did you grow up? I there?
6: did not. I grew up uh I was born in Buffalo, New York, uh, youngest of ten kids in a big Irish Catholic family. Moved to the suburbs when I was uh in grammar school, uh, of of Buffalo. And, you know, still have a strong affinity to the Buffalo, uh, the city of Buffalo. And, and I still have half of my family is still there. Um, you know, every year we get together for a family reunion right across the Peace Bridge in Canada. And and 40 of us make our way uh, across the Peace Bridge to bring, bring uh, havoc and ADD to the fine Canadian people of <laughs> Crystal Beach, Ontario.
0: <laughs> uh, understand, too, that you are a hockey player.
6: I am. I am. I. Uh, in fact, I'll be playing uh, uh, tomorrow night. Uh, we in the winter time we play at this great rink. It's outdoors. I mean, it's got boards, lights, uh, you know, um, the, you're, 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 you're cooling locker rooms, but there's no roof. And uh, and so uh, in, in the winter time, uh, you know, tomorrow is going to be in the twenties. So it'll be it'll be a, a beautiful night to play hockey. When it gets below zero, you know, uh, my enthusiasm wanes a bit at my age in sixty two. But I play year-round, Scott. I do tell people I'm on my last dog and my last pair of skates, so we'll see.
0: Okay. Uh, Growing up, did you have uh, any sense in your family or your upbringing or your life adventures about the other side?
6: You know, I grew up Catholic, and, and and we you know the it was hard for, for you know especially the last group of kids for mom and dad to keep their arms around us so you know we'd get thrown out on a sunday where we'd have to go to church and we'd dawdle enough that we got there after the you know, after the, the priest gave his lecture and 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 made it out right after communion um so i believed and I went through 13 years of Catholic school you mm-hmm. know and some you know and some of it pretty impactful but so i believed in the other side there was just no urgency or it's kind of like believing in the secretary of the uh of the treasury you know you believe in it but there's no interaction because you don't really need it so mm-hmm. um i believe that there was a the heaven i wasn't sure what it was about i was raised by a wonderful family and my dad was uh, a, a wonderful loving guy tough guys nickname on the railroad was iron joe but he was an adoring loving man so it was kind of easy for me to believe there was a heavenly Father that was also adoring and loving, so you know, it was kind of you know there there's i feel sorry for people out there whose whose fathers on this side w- weren't great because it's hard than to imagine having a loving father,
0: so mm-hmm.
6: I believed in it there was just no reason for me to involve myself in it
0: mm-hmm. and you had uh growing up you had uh god bless them all you had uh grandparents that passed and you had that passed um
6: and you know the normal kind of order of things you know uh, my older brothers and sisters i'm you know i'm you know there's some of them 16 17 years older than i am so um and my mom and dad your grandparents passed and mom and dad passed and um uh, but you know a little early but in the normal order of things i had one brother that took his life in 77
0: so, so that was a little
6: out of the order but um other than that you know kind of death made sense to me it was you know you you played out your part and then it got to a certain period of time and you moved, and you crossed over and it was great. You know, and uh and so I, I didn't question it. Um, you know, I think sometimes people look and, and they'll say to me, Wow, you've had so much tragedy and death in your family, but that comes from having a you know, I'm on the tail end of a big family. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the natural order of things. My favorite sister in the world, one of my favorite people in the whole world. Days away from transitioning now, going to heaven. You know, she dying of cancer in in Naples, Florida, and I was there last weekend just so we could say goodbye. But that's, but what I always say to these people is, you know, don't feel sorry for me. You know, I feel sorry for you because I had all that love in my life that then left a gap when they left, of course. But I, you know, but I was the beneficiary of all that love and fun and, and, you know, and community. So th- that just comes from being from a big family,
0: I think, Scott. Mm-hmm. This is Joe McQuillan. His last name is M-C, capital Q-U-I-L-L-E-N. Joe McQuillan. And his brand new book is My Search for Christopher on the Other Side. Now, Joe, uh, and by the way, may I call you, sir, by your first name?
6: Yeah, please don't call me sir. I look her over my shoulder. If you call me sir, I assume you're writing me a ticket. You know, so, um, uh, you know, yeah, Joe, please.
0: Okay, I, I want to admit to you that this book, because of the subject matter, was very difficult for me to read because yeah. you have a fierce, unrepentant love for your departed son, Christopher. And I'm I a sure guy do. that fiercely loves my children as well. And I can't imagine the loss of one of them. So No,
6: and nobody can until it happens. It's a club nobody wants to be part of. You know?
0: It's not that the book isn't really well written and well done. I'm going to be recommending your book to many, many people. But just that subject matter was so difficult to embrace and i think that maybe my reaction is in microcosm a reaction of our society because we don't have a lot of preparation for death.
6: You know, i think that's a brilliant statement and i think it's it's and i didn't think much of this. But but think about this Scott, if i'm going to the caribbean somewhere, if i'm going to naples, florida, if i'm mm-hmm. going to san diego, right? I'm going to go on the internet and see what's around, you know, where the cigar shops, what restaurants, where the beaches. Right. So we, we, we kind of research where we're going now. Cause that's just part of our DNA now with, mm-hmm. with, with the information age that we have, you know? So, so if that's the case, the one place that we're all going is the other side I mean, we're all going, you don't have to want to or believe it. You're still going. And, and for an ability to get a glimpse on what's the other side Is the payoff? You know that's the big deal. You know, and it's sometimes uh, heartbreaking and it's sometimes soul uplifting. But we're all going, bro. Mm -hmm. You know, so so you might as well have your duffel bag packed. You know.
0: Have you had a chance, Joe, um, with great respect to your faith um, historically and your faith right now? Have you had a chance or any feedback from your priest or your local parish?
6: You know, I have not. Um, I'm not seeking it out. Um, I'd be surprised if there was any judgment. I mean, hey, we got a Jesuit pope, you know. So so, you know, so lots of things are opening up. But I think if you are really a scholar of of the New Testament, that you're going to see that mediums were were accepted through the entire time. I mean, Christ Himself said. That I will, you know, I will be here. Then I will be gone, and then you won't see me again. And he talked about reincarnation. He talked about coming back. I mean, that's what our premise of our faith is based on—is him coming back. My deal with with Christ, I think, or and I got a little feedback from my kid, but that we're all sons of God. You know, we're all children of God. I think Christ may be the favorite son, right? He may be, you know, the favorite son in, in the family. And there's a bunch of ascended masters. But but you know he you know he's he's captain or co-captain that's a fact. But um, so anything I'm talking about really isn't contrary to the teachings of of a lot of the major religions. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of naive and arrogant. This is it, don't you? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, wh- why wouldn't we run through like a bunch of pirates? You know, if, if this is all there is. You know, if we, we, right. we if we didn't have an accountability for later on. The,
0: the reason why I bring it up uh, is because. Um, Some people will call this book a new age book to take away from the substance of what you're talking about and to try to uh, change, if you will, the optics or the narrative of what it is you're talking about, and yet... The the question that I always have for people, Joe, is, has your life experience pushed you away from God or drawn you closer to God? And that's, for me—
6: Absolutely terrific question. That's always my benchmark. Okay, so here's, here's the deal. First of all, as far as New Age, there's a quote from Rumi. who who was a Persian poet in the 13th century, who said goodbyes are for those who love with their eyes. For those who love with their heart and soul, there's no such thing as separation. 13th century. So I'm really not quite sure why that consistent teaching, what, what I'm doing is called New Age. And I do think that. I think New Age is a title when people want to um diminish the gravity of the subject in other mm-hmm. words you know it's kind of light and fun you know mm-hmm. it, you know so so i don't think it's a complimentary term but i just also don't buy into it i mean there's been you know the, you know spent you know back to, to 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 matthew mark luth and john they talk about mm-hmm. about you know the resurrection so this isn't new you know yeah. and it's not new age you know so let, let me give you so because I'm sober, yeah, that I've, had, I've been exposed to a spirituality, I think, way beyond religion. You know, I think I've, I've gotten a personal relationship with a god. Whatever god you want to name him. Yahweh, God, you know, whatever you're – that's great. You know, I'm, I'm one of these guys that says, just, you know, just do your thing, man. But, you know, believe in something. You know, we're, you can't be that arrogant to think you're that, that we're it, right? So so I find it easier to turn my will on my life over the care of a loving God. So, and, and, you know, in whatever term you choose. So I will tell you, so I had some exposure to a, a loving God, because I believe the compulsion to drink, which took, a, if you read the book, took a number of, you know, drinking took a number of family members out of my Irish Catholic family. Mm-hmm. Um, was lifted from me, and I think it was a miracle. Now, I do believe, you know, you said congratulations, and, and I appreciate that, but the, believe I think it's a gift. And if I don't give it away or work at it, I'll lose it. Kind of <laughs> like this gift that I have of of being able to channel with my son. I think if I don't help others and do what, like what you're doing right now, you know, I might not be given this on a daily basis, you know. So when Chris first died when he drowned when he crossed over i would hit my knees every night and i would thank god for my sobriety and i would thank him for my my kids and a a loving wife and but i would say at the end of it but i'm po'd because you took my kid and then i go to bed and you know hopefully i had expelled enough energy all during the day that i would just fall asleep just went on for three or four days and on the fourth day i got a message I believe from god that just said i didn't take your son you know his recklessness and free will caused him to cross early and i welcomed him home but i didn't take him but he also said remember i lost a son too so all of a sudden my my connection to god became instead of adversarial i felt this was the guy probably prepping you know holding me up when i when I needed to function in those mm. dark weeks that I don't even remember they're almost like walking through a fog. Will right? So, so my my love of a heavenly father increased with the loss of my son because I believe my son's there with him. Mm-hmm. I, be- I I don't believe, I know. There's a difference.
0: Yeah, I think when you go to the core of um, the teachings of Jesus and I am not a biblical scholar also the core of other world religions, they talk about consciousness, the real you, continues. That it can't right. perish because it's unperishable. Um, you know, if, if I wore the same, I've got right now a, a KZUM hoodie sweatshirt on. If I yep. wore the same sweatshirt Day in and day out, eventually this thing is going to be so tattered and and don't look at me like that. It's, no, it's not tattered now. Right. <laughs> but you know, so it's going to wear out. Um, me inside, the real me, I'm fine. It's this. It's this garb that I've got that's going to wear out. And so we've got you
6: know, the 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 the, the, the oh, beautiful the, because the book, The Secret, talks about this meat suit that we're in. You know, the energy continues, but our meat suit like you said, wears out like that sweatshirt. And I'm wearing a seven, six- or seven-year-old Loyola high school sweatshirt for my daughter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, just as a brief aside, um, uh, there's a gentleman that writes books of fiction that are centered around a hockey, and I believe he lives in uh, Denmark. I'm going to have to get his name, but have you read any of his books? Um, no. No. Um, I, will, I will track his name down and, and send you a, a message about that. Really interesting because his books are, um, are engrossing and they're centered around this small town in the middle of a forest where the kids either make a decision to play hockey or go nuts. And so they, they embrace hockey and they're out at 5 o'clock in the morning banging the puck. They're out with floodlights at 12 o'clock midnight. And it's a really interesting book. So I'm going to get you Wow, I love that. Did you ever,
6: did you ever, you know, and a couple of other notes, two of my favorite movies. One is Mystery Alaska, which is, you know, is about uh, uh, hockey up in a, in a small town in Alaska. And the other is Bagger Vance, which I didn't realize was based on the Bhagavad Gita, the Hindu holy book. Hmm. And that the, the guy wrote this great book, you know, using the characters in golf from the chariot driver and the and the warrior in the in the Bag Vita. That's why it's Bagger Vance and and Will Smith being the angel. Um, and Wayne Dyer discovered that book, it, you know, just this quaint little book, and then kind of threw it out there and made it unbelievably popular. And then. You know, had a book about it. And it's a wonderful spiritual book and movie called, uh, you know, of Vance. But, you know, similar thing. It was just like this, this wonderful book that, find, that somebody discovered. You know, mm-hmm. and it, it changed lives. Mm-hmm. Changed mine a little bit.
0: Uh, we're going to take the top of the hour break here, Joe. We'll be back with more conversation. And uh, a message to my listeners right now. Uh, Joe just brought up uh, Wayne Dyer. So I want you to think about what Joe and I talk about this morning and encapsulate and, and this in a, in a quote from Wayne Dyer, okay? Here's the quote. You'll see it when you believe it.
6: <laughs> I love it.
0: This is Joe McQuillan. He's got a brand-new book out called My Search, where you'll find more information on his book. You'll also find Joe McQuillan, MC, Capital Q U I L L E N. You'll find Joe McQuillan on Facebook as well. We'll take a short break for the top of the hour business here and be back with more conversation. Uh, Jim and I have got some Sumatra coffee in our cups. Mm-hmm. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's so great to have you with us. Um, these sorts of conversations are what we all live for. I sure hope you'll stay tuned.
1: lincoln nebraska kzum lincoln and kzum hd
6: support for kzum comes from family owned and operated butheris mason love funeral home at 40th and a streets in lincoln offering services that allow families to plan ahead according to personal wishes chapel facilities to accommodate all faiths and grief support materials for the family following a
0: service More information is available at 402-488-0934 and online at bmlfh.com.
6: And by
4: the Haymarket Farmer's Market, thanking its patrons and vendors for this past season. Vendor inquiries for the 2019 season at 402-435-7496 and lincolnhaymarket.org.
3: Far from the din of commercial culture and just this side of the abstract is a place I call Mesoterra. I'm Vic Valverde, your tour guide for an eclectic musical excursion on a program called Mesoterra. Saturdays, 12 noon until 1.30, right here on KZUM.
0: And welcome back. I'm Scott Colborn, and you're listening to Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. Sure great to be with you. Uh, we've got uh, 40s and 50s in Lincoln after a really, really frigid three or four days. They canceled school in Lincoln last Wednesday yeah. with the, uh, the windshield being so cold.
1: Well, I, I sure don't remember school ever getting canceled for cold weather when I was
0: a kid. Um, I, can, I can sympathize, Jim, with oh, well, the yeah. decision... Um, I was a part-time school bus driver back in the 90s, and so I know for a fact that there is many, many kids that walk Mm -hmm. a couple of blocks and then stand by the bus stop to wait for the school bus. And unfortunately, you and I were okay going out there in the weather, but some of these kids that I would pick up would have uh, what would be appropriate for a 50-degree day when it was 10 below.
1: Well, and when I was a kid, I usually either walked or rode my bike to school, but fortunately I had a stay-at-home mom, and on those frigid days, she would drive me to school. But
0: uh, we made do. Our special guest is Joe McQuillan. He makes his home outside Chicago, and uh, he's been talking about his brand new book, My Search for Christopher, on the other side. Joe, uh, you're a very strong guy. may may we talk about how your son passed?
6: Sure. Um, so in December of uh, Christmas of 2015, um, you know we had a great Christmas and uh, and he was home from Northern Illinois University and all his local friends were home. and so the last weekend of of, of their vacation, so after New Year's, they all, they all a dozen of them got together, and one of the friends' parents had a lake house up in Lake Beulah, Wisconsin, about an hour and a half north of us, um, small lake. And so they decided to kick up their heels, you know, play a little pool, local place, have some burgers, go back to this, you know, home, shoot some pool there, drink, you know. And to be honest, you know, Christopher's mom and I were kind of grateful that they all didn't decide to go downtown you know you know in chicago we thought gee this is just a safer setting you know in this you know uh country setting so um three o'clock in the morning chris and three of his buddies went outside and you know just romping around doing what you know kids do and saw a boathouse and and went in and four of them jumped in a three-man canoe and no life rafts and or no life preservers, and they put their phones on the dock so they wouldn't get wet and paddled out, and and none of them made it back. You know, so that, the next day, you know, being from Buffalo, I always watch the Bills game on Sundays, you know, and have a dish to do that, and I was waiting for him to come home when I got a text that said, Mr. McQuillan, you know, Christopher's missing. So I jumped in the Jeep and, and headed up there. And halfway up, I got the call that said it was no longer a search, but it was recovery because all four had perished, you know, had, had had drowned in that cold water. So, you know, that was the event. And, and that started my search for, for my boy on the other side. I mean, basically, Scott, I wanted to find out if there was something about this mm-hmm. I wanted to know and I wanted to know more about it. I wanted to figure out how to get to him. And if there wasn't, I wanted to scratch it off the list. I didn't want to waste my time on something that wasn't real. And so the book is actually a two-year journey of of, of that through mediums and, and 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 groups and spiritual settings and mm-hmm. and, uh, and and in the interaction with him and I eventually a year into it.
0: Uh, Joe, how how does one? Uh, I I can make a suggestion to in fact answer my own question, sure. but how did you find a um, reputable? Solid medium was it uh, okay great uh, great question intuition you know, and, and life and I, occurrence how did that happen
6: you know 15 or 16 years before maybe I was on a spiritual quest or something but mm-hmm. um, I, I looked up a media or I, I somebody referred a medium to me in the western suburbs so I went out to see her and I just kind of was curious nothing drastic nothing was burning there was no burning desire but I thought it was interesting you know, maybe get a little life's answers, right? You know, um, uh, so I, I go out and I see her, and, and the reading was fine. You know, kind of mundane. Uh, you know, I was kind of tapping my toes, ready to get go and tap my shoes, and 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 at the end she said, you know, your dad's here, and I perk up, and she said, and and he had died in '88, and he she said, your dad's showing me a caboose and telling you railroad, so you know it's him. Now this was maybe 2000, before Google search. Before any of that existed you know really had any oh i mean and and my dad was a you know pretty simple guy forty years on the railroad blue collar guy raised ten kids there's there's nothing in certainly in two thousand to look if you looked him up today you couldn't find anything about the guy mm-hmm. but we were a railroad family my dad was a railroader all five of us boys worked on the railroad through college my uncle bill was a railroader my grandfather was a railroader i'm i'm sitting here looking at a bookcase right now with baseball hats on top of a canadian pacific railroad lantern so if there's one thing that defined our family it was we were a railroad family so for that the old man was just telling me i'm here that's all he didn't give me any secrets he didn't tell me who was the fourth winner at aqueduct you know <laughs> he just said you know, he just wanted me to know that there is another side because he's connecting with me from it and that was it and i filed that away and and 16 years later drew on that to call that that same medium who had subsequently moved to surprise Arizona and uh, Nancy Myers who's a terrific medium and I called her when Chris crossed over and she was able to connect with me on the phone and mm-hmm. and told me things that nobody else would have known told me things that only he and I knew and uh, you know and that was that was my first connection after that I wanted to see somebody in person Scott I wanted to look in the eyes of somebody looking at my son right that's what I wanted so I, I went online and and, and there's a, a, a terrific um, um, a book um, and it'll come to me that Bob Osborne, Bob Osborne wrote, and and he has a web page that actually rates mediums according to state, right? And and they're all accredited and there's you know the days of the charlatan and. And, you know, you know, in sheets and woo-woo noises, it's all gone in this information age. You're not going to exist as a phony anymore. So but I also wanted somebody really good. So I made an appointment. I looked up a guy proximity between my office, my home and my office was good. I'll go there on a a, a lunch time. I'll, I'll, you know, work from home in the morning, go there and then head in the office. And before I went there, I stopped at Christopher's grave, and I had moved him over from one grave to another. And I'm going I'm to rest in the grave that was next to him because I thought he was too close to other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, which subsequently, he's actually said to me, Scott, that he's grateful for it, you know. But he laughed at me about it. So there was loose dirt. This was in June of 2016. And I planted a bunch of shamrocks mm-hmm. around his grave. And I also, when I left the house, I grabbed a leather bracelet he gave me when, when he was maybe four. We were at like Disney World, maybe five, and it says Papa or Dad on it. It's got Goofy, you know, the character, the uh-huh. dog Goofy on the class. Uh-huh. So I put that on under my shirt cuff, and off I went. I walk and see this guy after, and he was, you know, and you know, a little aloof, you know, you know, and uh, and we sit down and he said, Wow, your son's beautiful. He looks like. He looks like Brad Pitt. He said, uh, you know, he, he swears a lot. Did he swear a lot? <laughs> I think he swears last now or the last three years. I said, yeah, my boy swears a lot. It comes from that naturally. He said, Chris acknowledges you, you were planting something at his grave this morning. And Chris acknowledges you're wearing a bracelet he gave you. Wow. Now that's five minutes in, Scott. Five minutes. Right? So I was hooked. And and so, you know, what I did, I mean, referrals are always the best. I refer a couple, including him, his Andrew Anderson. He's in Arlington Heights, Virginia. Sherry Jewell, who is a wonderful gale in Northbrook here. Thomas John, who is world renowned, and he's told me things that nobody in the world's told me, including dates, names of people, just ridiculous. Um, picked me out of a group of 100 people and told me that named five siblings or four siblings who had crossed in my son. You know, and said my son was behind my older sister making funny ears, you know. So, you know, the personalities don't change. Uh, I, I just just had a reading last week uh, from Tony Russo. This, she's this gal in, in New York who's just amazing. And Chris was continuously making fun of her New York accent, you know, and she was just outrageous. You know, so like anything else, doctors, lawyers, roofers, right, mm-hmm. referrals are the best, 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 best case, I would think, because... You know, I'm not going to refer, I'm not going to put my reputation or put somebody I love at risk with somebody who is a charlatan, mm-hmm. you know, so um, I think it, it's not that hard to find. I think what's hard sometimes is just making the decision to take that step, right, to take that step. And and being from a blue collar Irish Catholic family where we were like the Clampets when we moved to the suburbs, the neighbors <laughs> just hated us, just, we had. We had dogs and bicycles and footballs going over the over the over the fences. I mean, it was. We did, I mean, I they were the one benefit there is we could do whatever we wanted as kids because nobody was going to call our parents because nobody talked to us. <laughs> so, so I grew up never really caring any outside of my family what anybody thought. So I didn't feel stigmatized or worried. Same thing with publishing this book. You know, if this isn't for you, that's okay, man. You know, I, I saw, I was on a radio with a wonderful guy. He's a shock jock. You know, it's called Man Cow in the Morning. And he said, I just want to tell you, I don't I don't believe it. And I said, you know, you don't have to believe it, buddy, buddy. But there'll be a time when you're going to need it and you're going to remember this conversation. Yeah. But until that time, you know, go be you. Do your thing, man. That's fine. You know, so and I just want to re- reinforce that we're all going. You know, but the good news is we also get to see the people we love who've gone ahead of us.
0: Jim Morrison from the Doors had a famous quote. He said, no one here gets out of this alive.
6: That's right. That's right.
0: So to to, uh, add to the recommendations that Joe has given our listening audience, my friend and colleague Lloyd Auerbach is a well-known parapsychologist, and he sits on the board of directors for the Forever Family Foundation. And they uh, have a rigorous system where they check out and rate and then accredit mediums. So if people are looking for um, that sort of guidance, the Forever Family Foundation is also a great place to start. Um, I trust Lloyd Arbach top to bottom. So, uh, Well, yeah. I just wrote it down. Joe, so for people that have never gone through this experience... Um,
6: and I hope you never have. Uh, you know, of losing a kid, but of connecting with, with somebody on the other side, I hope you will, right?
0: Yes, God bless us all, sir. When, when, when you're there with the medium, one of the criticisms would be is that they were going to ask discovery questions and then build their responses on that. So, a person can't offer too much information, but at the same time, I know from my parapsychological studies that if the person sitting in that opposite chair doesn't believe, that's like a gigantic no that hangs in the room and makes it very difficult. So, you've got to walk a fine line there between being open to the experience. Uh, but also letting them do their thing without a lot of information from you. Are, are you able to to, you know, to em, employ those strategies or?
6: Absolutely, and that's exactly right. I've been in. I don't like group meetings, and the reason I don't. I mean, and I've been to some amazing ones. You know, uh, um, Joe, I had to,
0: know, I have to interject amazing- here that I, I loved several of your your group. Snapshots where I could just see you in the audience tapping your foot, saying, "Come on, <laughs> come on." It, yeah. the, he said, <laughs> "Mary, not Mary Lou, or Margaret. Come yeah. on now." He's or not Marty. calling on you. Come yeah. on now.
6: Yeah, that's right. You know what? And and some of them are, 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 you know, some mediums are are strong enough to keep it keep it focused, and and others are just such nice, caring, empath people that they let these people go off on their tangents. You know, when I would have a cattle prod and make them sit down. (laughs) You know, know, people are claiming these obscure things. I was at a meeting, a small, small group with Thomas John, and there was one guy that this woman dragged, and he was standing there with his arms folded. And it was like, look, dude, just go away. You know, Mm -hmm. this isn't for you, and your negativity is impacting this thing. Mm -hmm. But it's just, you know, mediums, don't want you to submit a checklist. I mean, these people are, you know, I've never met anybody in for the wrong reason. I'm sure there are some, but I've never met anybody in for the wrong reason other than trying to help, you know? So, you know, you're not there to try to trick them. And I think oftentimes I'll tell you a funny story. We saw my, my son, William, who's he's in the second semester at Boulder and, and his older brother brother's crossed and just killed him, just knocked him off a horse. So, he, he he went and saw Andrew Anderson, and it was amazing. So we thought we'd take him to a small group with Thomas John, and this is where that one cat had his arms folded, and and you know I, you know he just needed a beating. He didn't need a medium. He needed a beating. And and so, so Will, not knowing, wanted affirmation from Thomas. He wanted. He was testing him, and that, that's not how spirit works. Right? It's not. It's not about a test. They're going to give you information. So he wanted Chris to say Buffalo Bills. So Williams said to him, you know, Thomas, what was Christopher's favorite team? And Williams and Thomas like, I don't know. I think, I think when you try to be outsmart or cute or test somebody, sometimes it, it blows up. Four months later, five months later, I'm in a private one-on-one with Thomas John, and he has no idea we were the same people from this group. He'd be thousands of people. And the first thing he says to me is, you know, your son Christopher's here, looks like Brad Pitt, smoked a lot of pot, and he's showing me Marv Levy and the Buffalo Bills. What's that about? Right. So he so I think Chris answered the question. He just did it three months or four months later, mm-hmm. you know, in their time. You know, so, you know, I, so I agree. You know, I don't think you go in there and you hand them a, 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 a dear diary of all the facts. But, you know, just be open. And you know what? And if it doesn't work for you, don't go back. But my experience has been just absolutely unbelievable, and in things that they—I mean, how would nobody knew? My wife didn't know. Nobody knew that that morning I was planning shamrocks. Nobody but Chris.
0: Right? Yeah. You. Right? To, you to, know, to, that's not to, something
6: you guess about.
0: To debunk that, um, this individual would have had to employ a remote team that was shadowing you that went to right. the cemetery, that was using a telephoto lens, that could see the bag, that read the label on it, and see what you're doing, right, right. and then somehow report back to this man to sort of set you up when you walked in. Uh, and
6: fleece me out of $150. <laughs>
0: you know, Occam, Occam's razor says that that probably is not what happened. So,
6: Right. It, it, you know what? I'm not that important that people need to try to, to trick me. And, and you know what, Scott, I spent 25 years in the car business. I'm, a, I'm kind of a boots-on-the-ground kind of guy. I don't get fooled very often.
0: Oh, that's I, a good point. I, I
6: don't get hustled.
0: That's a good point. I, 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 my brother was in the car business. I've got a good friend in that. And I would guess that, that if we could turn you loose with a person, you would probably have a pretty fair assessment very quickly of whether or not they were truthful based upon your experience right. in the car business. Yeah, right. I've forgotten right. about that. That's or, a, that's a that's great the point. Same,
6: and the same thing that propelled propelled me to be in the car business. And after and twenty five years, your your you know you, your instincts get pretty well honed, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, I have a great instinct for BS as it is, right? You know, and I you know I get a I get a radar when somebody's crazy, you know, and it's like, yeah, okay, great. I just crossed the street, right? So nobody's going to sit here and 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 pull it over and especially six or seven you know people you know you know eight or nine mediums mm-hmm. you know it the, the bottom line is that, you know, if you want it to be uh you know a flake then it is you know um but but if you you know if you want to learn to communicate and open up
0: joe can i tell you, know, you uh, like, go ahead sir
6: oh i was just going to say it's like einstein's you know Einstein. Einstein's quote is that there are only two ways to live your life: one is though nothing is a miracle, and the other is though everything is a miracle. I mean, that's Einstein, the the, the brightest guy any of us have ever heard of, right? You know. So, I think what's a miracle does is day to day to to people on the other side. Mm-hmm.
0: May May I share a, a a car story that I think you'll find interesting? Please. So. I have employed this before in my life of using my intuition and tapping into a stream of information from the divine that I call guidance to buy a car. Mm -hmm. Tuesday night, very, very late during our cold snap we had, it's way below zero, uh, wind chill 20 to 30 below. My son goes out to start his 1998 Ford Windstar backs it up about 20 feet and sees that there's this bright red fluid power steering fluid all over the driveway so he stops the car and comes in and says dad I think something's going on we went out and bundled up and looked and sure enough um, it's either the a line blown or the power steering and this car was getting to be sort of a money pit so the next day I said you know we should look around for another car for you and we went to two or three websites uh, because of our uh, status here on KZM Radio, I can't give out exact names, but I'll just say that right. af- after we looked and got kind of a feeling for the market, I said, you know, I think what we need to do is call my friend uh, Buddy that works at a dealership and just see if he's got anything in his back pocket that hasn't even come up yet on on the, the website yet. So it just so happened that... They had just traded for a 2002 Honda uh, Accord that was a very, very clean, low mileage car. Um, and uh, he said, yeah, we just, we just traded this. Nobody's even known about this. And so we ran out there quick. We test drove it in that frigid cold. I put down a down payment and saying, you know, if this lady uh, backs out of the deal, okay. But if she doesn't, then we want this car. And they called us Thursday right. and said, you guys bought a car. So Beautiful. Using your intuition, that, that guidance, I think from a wonderful place, can help you do things as mundane or fun as buying a car. Um, Absolutely. It also takes you into an area where you begin to trust that flow of information, that guidance, including the messages that you get from those that you love.
6: You know what? The GPS in your car doesn't work unless you listen to it.
0: That's right. (laughs) That's right.
6: You know, it could be pumping out info, but if you're not paying attention, you're not going to reap the benefits, you know? So wake up people, you know, people come to me all the time and say, I'll be talking to a group and they say, you know, my, my mother died three years ago and I haven't been able to reach her. What's your advice? And I'll say, try harder. What have you done to reach her? Have you, have you, you, what have you done to, 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 to enhance the, the, the clarity, you know, of, of the communication? What's, what have you done on your end? And most of the time it's, well, you know, I've been waiting to hear from her and it's like, that's waiting to be asked out on a date. You know what I mean? It's like pick up the phone and call, figure out what you got to do. There's a book called Idiot's Guide to Communicating with Spirits. It's actually <laughs> sitting on my bookshelf, you know, and as funny as that sounds, I've used it to learn how to do certain things. There, here, I learned that there's a, 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 a great author that just came out with a book, and actually I'm going to be, he's coming locally, and this is kind of a funny story. I was on a coast-to-coast interview. It was two hours, Scott, two hours. So during the middle break, I had just read a book by this by this guy, uh, John Holland. And so I was about to do an appearance the next week at Wilmette Theater with this wonderful gal, Jen Weigel, who kind of brings, she's kind of the Pied Piper for spirituality here on the North Shore in Chicago. So she brings a guest. And we, we ended up I was very flattered. I was really worried about the attendance. We sold out, standing room only. They had to bring folding chairs in. So I'm looking up, where's this guy? I just read his book. And I and I wanted to know where he was, you know, next where I could actually fly out and see him because mm-hmm. I want to interview him for my next book, and 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 he uh, and he wrote a book called Bridging Two Realms, and I was like, oh my god! So he nailed a bunch of stuff early. I love. So I go online, and then I see he's going to be in my area. He's going to be at the Wilmette Theater where I was speaking, you know, you know, a few days after that, mm. and that Jen Weigel, my pal, is represent, you know, is is bringing him in, and so. You know, that's the kind of thing is he was talking about things that I wanted to know more about. He's talking about I had never tried where you put a mirror in front of your face and a a, a, a candle behind you and you meditate in the mirror to try to bring somebody through. So I'm just, you know, three years into this thing, I'm just scratching the surface. Right. I want to know more. I want to know. I want to get closer. You know, I don't want to be a medium. I'm not. You know all i want to do is connect with my son i don't want to talk to your grandfather i don't want to talk to somebody one of your one of your audiences you know wife who passed or brother that's mm-hmm. not what i want i want this strong connection with the son that i so adored on either side of the veil you know so i am keep trying to learn more and more and more because really what's more important than this right now mm-hmm. you know what's more important than this other than you know being a dad to my two kids and a and a husband to my, my wife on this side, I'm still a dad to Chris on the other side, and I need to figure out how to connect with him.
0: Joe, when we come back from the bottom of the era break, can you talk about that, um, that early morning where you were in your study and a legal pad in front of you, you picked up a pen, yep. and what happened?
6: I'd love to share it with you, absolutely.
0: This is Joe McQuillan. His last name is M C Capital Q U I L L E N, Joe McQuillen. The book is My Search for Christopher, on the Other Side. His publicist is Lisa Hagen, that's H A G A N, LisaHagenBooks.com. You'll find more information about Joe's book there, and Joe McQuillen is also found on Facebook. Our conversation today is about. Christopher, who is past and residing on the other side, and his father, Joe, proving again that love knows no boundaries. Stay with us. We'll be back with more conversation with Joe McQuillan right after this.
1: The voice of the blues in lincoln nebraska kzum lincoln and kzum
2: hd support for this week in lincoln comes from the bourbon theater duffy's tavern crescent moon coffee metal art coffee and the zoo bar this is live music happening this week in lincoln on saturday february 2nd kind country plays bodega's alley and the blues messengers start at six at the zoo bar followed by a 9 o'clock show with Jens Lehman, Mark Mason, and Emilio Mesa. That's all happening This Week in Lincoln.
3: Far from the din of commercial culture and just this side of the abstract is a place I call Mesoterra. I'm Vic Valverde, your tour guide for an eclectic musical excursion on a program called Mesoterra. Saturdays, 12 noon until 1.30, right here on KZUM.
0: Colborn with Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. Jim Shorty and you guys and gals, we've been having conversation with Joe McQuillan, the author of My Search for Christopher on the Other Side. Joe's laid out for us his attempts and successes in reaching out and being open to Communication from his son Christopher on the other side, and I believe it was an early morning that you'd gotten up, and you're in your study, and you reached for a pen, and and what happened?
6: So, you know, three o'clock in the morning is is, is he died between he crossed between three and four yes sir a.m. and I thought that's what the reason that I would wake up at three. And it wasn't uncommon. I'd wake up at three. I'd go into my office, which was his bedroom when he was a kid, and uh, it's a home office and I'd light some candles, some sage, realize some chakras, and I'd meditate and uh and I would do it just to feel close to him and I'd been doing this since not long after he crossed he crossed over so on the anniversary of his of his first year of his crossing, which was january 3rd 2017 you know i did the same thing i i went through the routine you know and i and i'm a routine guy if something works the first time you don't change it right it used to drive my mom crazy if i was on a hitting streak in baseball she i wouldn't let her wash my jersey you know my uniform and that didn't <laughs> make her happy but um you know you you know you don't broke what ain't fixed so or you, you know it, or you don't fix what ain't broke so um, I did all this, and I was listening to some meditation music, meditating, and all of a sudden, I picked up a pen, and it was a, and it's a Velocity big pen, just a normal pen, but I had gotten it from Andrew Anderson when I had been out there in a small spirit circle, and and love Andrew, not a big fan of spirit circles because, you know, I, you know I like the one on one, I I like spirits better than people, and, and so, um, <laughs> I had that pen, I had a, a I, I had a a legal pad that that you know and when i use the exact same legal pad and the exact same pen now i buy them in bulk you know i go to staples get the same legal pal i get six or seven of them at a time in the same so i picked it up and all of a sudden i started writing and it was like hey dad it's beautiful here you're not going to believe it it's blue it's green there's this loving Mm -hmm. warm wind that blows but you're never cold Uh, it's like walking on the the prettiest beach you've ever been. This is my, my home is like. You're gonna friggin' love it. This is amazing. And I'm writing all of this. And after about two pages, you know, he said, "Gotta go back now. Love you." And and I was like, "Wow. Did that happen, or am I losing it a little bit, or is my grief propelling me to placate my my pain somehow through this?" And and I'm going to tell you why I knew that wasn't true. And subsequently, I've taken the writings to Thomas John, um, Andrew Anderson, uh, 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 Sherry Jewell, and asked them. And they, to the, to a, to a medium said, "Oh no, that's Chris. You know, here's why you know it's Chris." And they'll give me an example. And one thing was that he had said in the middle of this, "This is the anniversary." So this is 3 a.m. of of you know, uh, literally a year later. And he said. Don't be mad at Scotty. He's just being him. He loved me and I loved him. You know, you've got to let go of that. Well, what happened was Scotty's the young man whose family owned the, 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 the lake house. It wasn't mm-hmm. his fault, but i already made peace with God, so I had to be mad at somebody, right? So I was going to hold on to this resentment, and it wasn't supervision or whatever. These are 21-year-old kids. They're not going to have babysitters. You know, he made a reckless choice. And, uh, and so I said, sure, Chris, you know, I'll, 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 in my mind, I said, I'll forgive Scotty and thinking when will I ever have to forgive him, right? Mm-hmm. When am I going to see this kid again? Flash forward 12 hours later at his grave, 30 friends between college friends and local friends who were, who were still home from, from the following Christmas or the, the next Christmas showed up at his grave at 2:30 30 in the afternoon, three o'clock in the afternoon. We were all there and it just and I called Sally. I said, you got to get here. This is crazy. You know, now we do this every year, and everybody comes back to the house. You know, we had 30 people there today, or, or this this year. Mm-hmm. But then I saw, you know, and, and who comes walking up but Scotty crying? You know, and we embraced him, and, and I hugged him. And and I was able to let that go, but here's, here's my loving kid preparing me for this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and reprimanding me, telling me, you know, n- knock off the stubbornness. You know, it wasn't his fault, which it wasn't course but that's why i knew it was him scott because i wasn't ready to let go i wanted to be mad at somebody Mm -hmm. right um another time he said that life should be like a canoe you know cutting through water well there is no way i'm going to use a canoe analogy for something positive i'm not i'll never step foot in a canoe again you know you know my my son went to, to 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 his his end on this side in a canoe So those are the kind of things that come up. And here's the also, this was kind of the killer, the best one. He said to me, I know know you're getting nervous getting this close to the other side, Pop. Now, he's wrong. I'm not nervous. I'm nervous about losing the connection, which I'm subsequently not anymore. But certainly during this journey, you know, I was afraid that at some point in time it was just going to go away. He was going to move on to another level and I was going to be left here alone. Um, And he's promised that won't happen and it isn't happening. But the fact of the matter is, he said to me, and I wrote it down, you know, you're getting nervous. And so the fact that he was wrong is kind of a validation to me, you know, that I'm writing something. They're not omnipresent. They're not God. They they can interpret things wrong over there. They can make mistakes. So I love the fact that he was saying that was something that just wasn't true. So that to this day happens, Scott three or four times a month, three o'clock in the morning, um, where I sit down and go through the routine. And, you know, I've got a file that I've started the same way I started the first book. I never meant to be an author. I meant I took all these notes so that someday when I'm sitting on a porch with a cigar, I could review them and feel close to my kid. But a year into it, he told me to write a book because I need to help other people specifically other dads who don't know that it's okay. Mm -hmm. They don't know that they're still here, you know? I have a... And
0: he he kept... Please go ahead, Joe.
6: No, I just said he kept kept telling me that throughout the book, that he would reprimand me for not getting it done fast
0: enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, A friend of mine uh, is uh, Dr. Jan Lindgren, and uh, she's uh, got a degree in, in educational psychology... Uh, has been a, a mentor for me for many, many years. you know i can I can hear Dr. Lindgren in the back of my mind saying, you don 't have to prove or validate anything if you If you are writing in a stream of consciousness and you ID the sender of that information as being your son. That's all that you need to do, because your son yeah. is then living on right there in that moment, in inside you, and coming out through the tip of that pen. She would yeah, say it. She'd say it a like lot her, better too, right. than, than I just did, but I can I can kind of hear that in the back of my mind.
6: And you know, he said to me. He said, you're, you were my rock, dad, mm-hmm. you were my rock. He said, I know you're embarrassed to say that, just write it down. Right, that wasn't me. You know, that." It, I, and he knew I was hesitant to write down something that complimentary of myself, mm-hmm. right? But he just said, you know, I know you're hesitant to do it, just write it down. So there's no doubt in my mind that this is him. And then the more I research, Scott, the more I read, the more I figure out this isn't that uncommon. I think what's really uncommon is how clear and how strong he comes through. Yes. Every medium I've encountered. You know, there's one swing and a miss, but that was that was the medium, not him. But how absolutely strong he comes through, that's impressive. I mean, but you know what? There's, there's 200 hitters and there's 300 hitters. And then there's an occasional 400 hitter. And that's what this kid is, you know? So... But the bottom line is, they're there, and if you can dial in and do your part, you can connect.
0: Yeah, so, somehow, we, we have gotten into the place where people say, if there is an, a miss or an error, then somehow that invalidates the whole thing. And I remind people that if I stepped up to the plate and got one hit and four times at bat, I could play professional right. baseball. They would give me a big salary and welcome me if I could do that. And so. um, One
6: one Texas leaguer, one bloop single, one ground ball with eyes. (laughs) And you're a 250 hitter. That's exactly right.
0: So, tomorrow night is the Super Bowl, and I'm kind of late to the whole party. Uh, Being from Nebraska, we've got a player, Nondamakan Sue, who is a lineman for the Rams and he's just ferocious. He's a great, great football player. On the other side, we've got Rex Burkhead for the Patriots. Um, He will run through a brick wall, and that brick wall won't be standing any longer. So we can can go either way. Have you and Chris had any conversation about the Super Bowl? No, we haven't. But you
6: know, we've talked about the Buffalo Bills, and, Mm -hmm. and it's because that was my home team and he became a huge fan. Mm-hmm. He, when he went to this fraternity, he he made a deal that the fraternity would turn into a Buffalo Bills fraternity, including flying the Bills flag and he would stream the games from my uh internet through my, you know, Sunday ticket and uh if if he'd become a Cubs fan instead of a Sox fan. So he did. So Buffalo Bills was always big and he said to me last year, he said you know, um, you know something like go Bills, it's still important. Not really on my side, but because it's important to you. You know, so it is, you know, his he was as diehard a Bills fan as I was, and I think he what he was telling me is it's important to him only because it's important to me. You know, so you know, I personally I think because our heart and, and soul is in Buffalo, anybody but the Patriots. That's that's the way I think all <laughs> heaven should feel, including my kid. <laughs>
0: Um, I've enjoyed uh, uh, on many, many levels having this conversation, Joe. And I would like to to give you the microphone for the last three or four minutes. And I want you to imagine that there are other people that are listening to us live all over the world and also through the, the archive that will be posted in about a week, That that they have also lost somebody near and dear to them who is departed um with your own experience with christopher validating that that what is real about christopher that continues can you speak to those people that are listening right now
6: i can and tell any of you who've lost loved ones specifically to kids or lost kids you know my my heart and soul goes out to you because you know nobody knows what you're going through um, and, and the thing I have with Christopher, you can have with, with your kids, your loved one, your soulmate who's crossed, you know, you just have to work on it. You just have to try harder. You just have to figure out how to connect. You know, the, I think they truly want to connect with you and they're not gone. You know, it's a different format. They're an energy and, and it's all different, but they're not gone. So, you know, that, that darkness that we all feel and that brokenheartedness when we wake up. And we realized that, you know what? Yeah, they've still crossed over. You know, the only thing that combats that for me is to be able to connect with them and be able to be able to stay in in, in touch with them. But I got to tell you, to this moment, Scott, I was in the office yesterday, and the song uh, "Don't Stop Believing" came on, and it's a song that he did with a, a, a kid with special needs. in a in a in a a minstrel show where where he was his mentor and 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 I just started crying started bawling because I can't put my arms around him and hug him Mm -hmm. but this beats the alternative of him being gone so I you know reach out find somebody go on my website uh, www.mysearchforchristopher.com my contact my email's jbmcquillen at gmail.com reach out to me man uh, you know if I don't Give it away. I don't get to keep it, you know, but, 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 but work at it. Find out this isn't, this isn't a fantasy. This isn't, this isn't something to make me feel better about losing my kid. Mm-hmm. This is a real connection and this can be true for you. You know, so, so please, my, my condolences, my heart breaks with you, uh, but know that they're not going. You just got to do your part. You know, the books available on amazon.com and, 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 paper. In kindle and and on audible they do a really good job on the audible mm-hmm. um you know but it's it's an important place where everybody we love on that side is already living and we're going to so um do whatever you can to figure this out as as much as you can to heal your heart how's that scott
0: uh, perfect my last question for you joe is where do you go now that you've written this book what's what's next
6: that's well there's uh, the second book is called Now What? Uh, uh and it is and it's I've already started it. You know, this was the first two years and there's so much more. And I stole a term from that the guy that I talked about earlier, that author, um, John Holland. It's called Thin Places. And I found some thin places in Sarasota. Most beaches in Florida, but Sarasota because of the Quartz Crystal. I'm going to I'm going to imbalance ranch for a fundraiser in March, and I'm gonna go up to Sedona. I'm going to go to Lilydale this summer. Mm-hmm. So I want to find these thin places where the veil is is thinnest between the our two worlds. Now, I use the word vortex, but that kind of freak, freaks people out and becomes that new age thing. But there is, there's some energy spots. I want to know more. And as I know more, I'm going to tell you in, in kind of the boots on the ground, blue collar way, I tell my story. You know, so hopefully we'll all learn a little bit more. But, um, you know, read the book. I'm real proud of it. Because my boy was there for every keystroke every paragraph he was next to me you know influencing this book books don't get published in in six months written in a year and published in six months unless you got some divine uh things working and my pal uh, janet hagan who was just uh or lisa hagan who was just an amazing woman chris got his arm around lisa and lisa ended up uh and publishing the book and she's uh she's outstanding so um you know look at it as kind of a how-to book and 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 reach out if you need you need you need some guidance or you want a hug you know i'm here man
0: give your website again if you would joe
6: yep it's www.mysearchforchristopher.com go on facebook joe com. i'll friend you and there's always stuff of, of, you know, appearances and what's going on and mm-hmm. and, and great, great uh, um, interviews just like this one. You know, so, uh, you know, if, if I if I can if I can help somebody today, I'm sure going to feel better about my my existence. And I know Chris will be happier about it.
0: My best to you and your family, uh, to Christopher. Um, thank you very much, Joe, for spending time with us.
6: Well, thank you very much, and I appreciate it. Love to talk again. Thanks, Scott.
0: Our special guest this morning has been Joe McQuillan. MySearchForChristopher.com is his website. The book is the same title, My Search for Christopher, on the other side, published by Lisa Hagen Books. What are we doing next week? Well, we're going to have a chance to take part in the KZUM radio fundraiser. See, we don't do commercials. You guys and gals know that because you've been listening for weeks, months, or some of you even for the 34 years of our program's existence. And so we reach out two to three times a year through these fundraisers. Uh, A big portion of our budget comes from you gracious folks out there. Your very kind uh, donations, your generous support. So next week is that That Saturday, February 9th. We're going to try to raise $1,500. In fact, I've I've got an old martial arts friend who just spoke in my ear, and he says, don't try, do. So we will raise $1,500 next week if the creek don't rise, and with your very kind and generous support. Our special guest that morning is going to be Carol Fleet, and we're going to have uh, Valentine's Focus. Hmm. Hey, Jim Shorty,
1: who's yes. coming up next? Who's going up, coming up next? Uh, this this guy standing behind me here, I think. Uh, hi, Vic.
0: Hey. He came in earlier he through did. the front door, and I thought, I looked at my watch quick, like, wait a minute. Are we in a time slip? It can't be, like, 1145. Uh-huh. It was an actual
1: meeting that we he was here early for, so. He's, so, he's been uh, shopping at the bit, waiting to get at the mic. <laughs>
0: Uh, Jim and I both agree that this is a great track to kind of go out on. This is the, uh, the CD called Moon by the band Enigma, and um, very appropriate for our conversation with Mr. McQuillan. This is Had More Time. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks uh, to Jim McQuillan and to Christopher. And to all you guys and gals out there listening, have a great rest of the weekend Let's do this again next week. Until then, I'm Scott Colborne, Walk in Beauty.